Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Center for Christian Music Studies at Baylor University. This podcast was recorded at the annual Alleluia Church Music Conference. In this session entitled, Invite Children to Sing, Classroom Management, Linda Harley presents a structured classroom idea with varied ideas of activities to set the stage for efficient and quality learning. It says, I care about you. Effective management supports creative rehearsals. To learn more about the Alleluia Conference, visit us online at baylor.edu slash alleluia. Bravo. <laughs> uh, my name is Linda Harley, and I am delighted to be speaking today and sharing ideas that I must say uh, are not original, most of us. A few, a very few are, but everything's already been said at some other time where I learned it. And I'm just happy to share it with you and maybe kickstart your year with a few ideas. Um, I uh, work with a children's choir at church, Park City Baptist Church in Dallas, 4th, 5th, 6th grade. We have a musical in the spring. We sing on Palm Sunday. We sing, you know, do the usual. We sing in the fall. And we uh, uh, have anywhere, usually we start off with about 45 on the list. And if I can keep them coming, that's great. 35 maybe by the end of the year, 28, 32, something like that. So um, we used to have choirs in the Jamie Oliver era uh, with numbers in the 80s. And... uh, it was a different time. Kids were not so overbooked, which is hard of a situation. But it was wonderful, and it was a, it's a great legacy to, to follow into. I also uh, direct one of the courses with the Children's Chorus of Greater Dallas, which is a community chorus. It's an audition, and there's a fee associated with that. So getting the kids to come is not such a big effort. They want to sing. Their parents want them to sing, and they've paid, so they get them there. <laughs> so it's not quite the same thing. Church choirs are different, you know. Short of having a circus each week, which we don't want to fall into the entertainment field, you know how difficult it is. So one of the ways uh, that kind of keeps me motivated and moving and going is to have really good classroom management, and that means starting off with workers and helpers that want to be there and really believe in the program. If you have folks that have volunteered to assist you, I just encourage you to do every, everything you can to encourage them. You know, thank you for being here. Take them out to lunch at the beginning of the year. Uh, a little Christmas. Get, anything you can do to tell them how much you appreciate their help because I think that's one of the things that helps make choir function. This, this session... Is about classroom management. It's not about making the music. So uh, those are in other sessions. So this will all be about sort of the logistics of, of choirs and what has worked for me. Communication is the biggest. Uh, the biggest thing you can do is have good communication with children's choir coordinator, ministry music pastor, whoever it is in your church that has the control, and you know who that is. There are it might not be your pastor, and it might not be the ministry music, but you know whoever it is. You need to. Uh, cultivate that relationship because they will help you get money for those t-shirts or they'll help you get money for the organ instruments or they will help you make that possible. I mean, that's just important. Communication is important. And so that helps your children. Um, The other thing is to communicate, of course, with your children how tempting it is when our favorite folks come in the room, our choir helpers, that are helping you and you want to visit with them and talk about your week and catch up. 
that's just so tempting. I have to, I love to talk and I like to catch up. But, but you know, those kids are coming in the room. So at that time, encourage your help, your workers, and you yourself to visit with those kids and have, establish a relationship. It is all about the relationships. You know, as much as we like to think it's about the music, it's great, but you've got to have those relationships. And, and you know, we know folks who do that so well. Game and Sales, top of the list. You know, she does that. She's Charles Park coordinator at Holland Park Press in Dallas. Um, miss you cards and emails. Calendar, I don't know. Uh, our children's coordinator, Beverly Golden, I believe, is here on the back row. Hello, Beverly. Puts together a calendar for us every year. And um, yours does not have to be any, maybe you, do you, any of you do this? Do any of you have any kind of a calendar? Um, it doesn't have to be this detailed or exotic. You know, you can all go on the computer and pull up a calendar and fill in some dates and run that off. Mm -hmm. But just something for your parents to have. Beverly has done such a beautiful job because she puts on there the events for the year, you'll see general information, but what I like best of all is she puts the hymn of the month with the scripture. So they have that. They also have a tape that someone has made in the church, one of our singers, and they get a CD of all the hymns. They get this, and I teach their hymn every week. We work on hymns. So if they don't learn those hymns and come in and get that sticker, that is their fault because we absolutely teach the hymn. They get hymn study. But this calendar, you know, it's got when they sing in church, when we have all of our activities. Mm -hmm. So it's, I encourage you to do it. It doesn't have to be bound and fancy. You can just do it by the month and pass it out or a two-month calendar and pass that out and choir. But I think this gives the parents something to put up on the refrigerator. And just maybe they'll plan that out-of-town out -of trip on this weekend because the kids are going to sing in church on this. But if they have some early communication. So work with the powers that be to get on the church calendar early. And so that, that's, that, that'll just make your program, I think, go a little smoother. Accompanist, look for the best. Take care of your accompanist. Whatever you can do to have, to have some help uh, is, you know, just cultivate that relationship. because it's, And it's a calling to come and accompany for children's parts. We all know that it's a calling. So that's, that's something to look, start looking for in the spring for your fall program. Um, folders, robes, and seat cards. Seat cards are something that I, there's two or three things that I kind of are my rehearsal by standard. You know, I've got to have this. And seating cards is one of them. I take three by five index cards. And I, <clears throat> we run stickers with the child's name on a sticker and put that sticker on the card. In the first two rehearsals in class, I had the children come in, and I actually, even though I haven't arranged them according to height, I go ahead and put a card in each seat so they have a place to sit. They come in, they find the card, they pick it up, <coughs> they turn it and put it on the piano. And then our whoever takes a row picks up those cards and checks off the row. The, if they're not there, that card stays in the seat, so I can see who, you know who's not here. Um, then I will arrange according to height early on in the first couple of weeks. And then I'll take these cards and I'll number them. So row one says at the bottom in pencil one 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 two one three one four one five all the way across row one. Row two cards two one two 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 three two four all the way across. And um, somebody's saying that's what we do. So maybe this is not a new idea, but it certainly is. It works for me. Do it in pencil. So if you need to change seating, you can just easily do that. Then every week when they come in, they come in, they get their folder and a hymn book. They find their place, get their card, and turn their card in. And it saves kids from running in and finding a place and putting their books down for a best friend. 
which by the way, we put our books over by the wall, so they just come only with their folder in their hymn book. And it just saves, I mean, they just know where they sit, so that's one more bit of confusion you don't have to have at the beginning of choir. So I really do think that's important. Um, <coughs> then I have a seating chart, and you have a copy, you have a, which is on the computer, I think it's a back of your page. If you don't have that many kids, make three rows, put eight, you know, boxes on a row. And then what I do is I cut stickies and I match my seating cards. So I have all of this out. The, the key for me, the power that I have in that classroom is knowing that child's name. So if I have this on my music stand, I keep it right here under my music. So I can easily pull it out and look and call it Cassie or Autumn or whatever because it's right here. So if I have a seating problem of any kind, all I have to do is just pull this out, make it, move a couple of, of names, and then I'll go home and I'll change those cards to mirror that. And the next week they come back and they say, oh, you moved me, Miss Hardy, you moved me. And I say, well, let's think about that. There's kind of a reason for that. Well, I want to sit down with this friend. Well, okay, okay, you can, but let's just, let's, we're going to sit this way for a couple of weeks and just see how this is. So then that just takes care of any kind of problems right away. So, so anyway, this I, I feel is important. If you have several choirs, you can color code this and have different colors. Oh, okay. Thank you. And so I'm I, I use pink for or certain choirs or yellows or whatever, and it just I carry it with me with me in my book. Keep it on my stand. So this is something that helps me be organized with the kiddos. Um, name tags. We have name tags, and I keep them in their folder. Turn them backwards so they can stick into the pocket and clip. I use the clip on time. We found that the lanyards or it's other kinds for our kids prove to be problems. They're always fooling with them or they, you know, undo them or they, you know, I don't know what they do with them. So, so we, uh, so I usually try to have a clip on kind and I stick them in, they stick them in their folder so they have their folder and their name tag. I put their first name, Big, Linda, and Harley is little. I don't care so much about their last name, but I want to be able to see the back row name that I need to call. So that's just a little thing, but it, it helps. Um, attendance. How do you all do attendance? It's just different everywhere, and I know um, we try to encourage perfect attendance. We try to encourage the kids to be there. One thing we did this last year, and it worked the best of all these hundred years I've been teaching. It's the best thing I have ever done for attendance, and that is have attendance by the month. They can, they can do four weeks in a row. They can think three or five or four weeks in a row. They cannot comprehend the semester. And so every month, at the beginning of the month, I say, okay, we'll get ready for perfect attendance this month. Let's see, we've got four Wednesdays. So keep a record, you know, keep in your mind. Get your parents tell them, Mom, next week, I've got to be in choir. I don't want to go to, you know, whatever. I want to be in choir. Then at the end of that month, I have this wonderful worker who likes to organize I think we did Olympics last year or the year before, and we had little stickers that were medallions. So if they had perfect attendance, at the end of the fourth rehearsal, that, you know, that, at the end of that month, they got a sticker and they put it on the outside of their folder, which is great because everybody can see that. They get a sticker if their Bible verse is learned for that month. They get a sticker if their hymn is memorized. 
But pretty soon they've got a lot of stickers on their folder, and that is awesome. The kids love it. They can do four weeks in a row on the um, attendance. So we're going to do that again. We may add a little something to that because, you know, it's the boys. We're always working on our boys. So I'm thinking about putting groups together and saying, okay, you eight are a team. Let's see which team has the best attendance at the end of October. And if the teams need to be rearranged, since I haven't done this, I don't want a strong team and two weak teams. I'll have to rearrange the kids. But, you know, they can do that. They can think four weeks in a row. So that is something that has worked for me. And I would love, if you've got attendance things that work, I would love for some of you to share that right now. If you, yes. We, we, I don't do it quite a month. It's just yeah. quite a day. But um, yeah. we do the little cards, and we take them up, and it goes in a box. And we have a presence prize. Yes. And, um, and I say, you know, what do you have to do to win? And they all shout, be here. Yes. And so you don't have to have really necessarily great behavior, be the best singer. And we have, like, three at a time, and usually the prize is like a box of movie candy or... So do they reach in a jar and get candy? Their name gets pulled out, and they get to go to a special drawer that has just kind of like dollar prizes in it, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. one fabulous prize that somebody gets something that's... Like so it's a like a raffle. Yeah, but you, have to, to but you have to be there. To yeah, yeah, a good idea. Yes, I, I just kind of started so because this is my first time ever doing this. their names on the attendance stick, just like for the month. But what I did was three stickers. If you're here for, or whatever three things I needed them to do for that, you know, if they came to the Jubilee that we had to see, and for every three stickers that they obtained, they didn't have to be, like, low, they didn't have to Right. So for every three stickers, they get something from a goodie bag or something like They got a music bookmark. For the first three, the next week they get a pencil, and the next one they get like this really cool music eraser that goes on the top. Mm-hmm. So it builds the right. advertisers. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of bookkeeping, but it's worth it. If you have somebody, especially that can help you with the bookkeeping. I don't know, but about 10 to 12. <laughs> so you can do that. <laughs> yeah, and you can understand well. Yes. Uh, very similarly, we have uh, helpers besides the attendants and Bible verse or him or whatever. We have helpers that watch for particularly good <coughs> conduct, uh-huh. uh, good, uh, you know, the way they posture, the way they sit, and if they're uh, really pronouncing their words very well. And so they have they have the opportunity to learn uh, <coughs> extra stickers just by what the helpers observe. Mm-hmm. And we have different treasure chest boxes, right. and every time they earn five, we have a big classroom chart mm-hmm. where they can have the cumulative totals of their stickers in view all the time. And each they have levels, and every five they go to a different kind of, tra- you know. And see, all these things, of, all these things work well if you have somebody who can keep up with it. Yeah. These are little ones. These are second graders. Those stickers are very important. <laughs> they are. But I think we had uh, a sticker for your folder, uh, a candy, a chocolate candy that looked like a metal or something. Mm-hmm. And then one of those little metals you can order on mm-hmm. the, the little cheap things. I think we ordered a hundred for, I don't know, probably 20 cents or something. But anyway, so, and they got to have that. And what they did with those, they, they got one every month. They could get one. They would take them home and hang them around their beer or on their bed or something. So some of them had, you know, so any little thing like that would just work. So, yes. Yeah, I, I grew up in a program that we had a point system 
and points for being on time yes. as well as points you know, yes. being there, period. And then, um, but you can lose points for unexcused absences. We know they're little, they can't drive themselves right. there. If they called and said they were going to be after they got a few points, uh -huh. you know, oh, that, that made a huge difference because it wasn't, you know, sometimes it's mom's fault. Right. The well, sometimes they'll come, rather than call. Yeah. Like, if I have to call, I don't have a real reason not to go. I think I'll just go. But they did get uh, less, they didn't lose all their points if they at least That's a good idea. And said that they were going to be if you'll turn to the next page, you'll see kind of how we had our point system set up. One point for attendance, one for on-time intake, ready to go. That means with their folder, with their card, over the time. <coughs> point for performances, and really that should say worship services, not performances. Extra rehearsals, hymn memorization, and then five points, of course, if you bring a guest that joins. That's the big issue. So, and then our leader jobs listed down below. So all of this takes time to set up, but well worth the effort, I think. Um, let's see. Uh, birthday pictures. Uh, we, I know everybody probably has a different way they're going to do birthdays. We had a sports, I guess this was the Olympics. I can't remember what year this was, but we kind of just put together a chart and could either put their pictures, if it was their birthday month, or write on this and put their name because this comes off because it's been laminated. So you can write with a marker and then have that come off. And this stays up in the front of the room each. We put it up once a month for the birthdays and we sing happy birthday and all of that. It's just another way to, <coughs> to honor someone's birthday. Um, starting and ending on time. So important if you wait till everybody gets there. It is just, you will start later and later every week. So we just start on time, and I often have a really fun thing, first thing, maybe with instruments. And so if they're not on time, they get to, they miss that. So that really helps them get there. So I kind of try to play something especially that they like. First thing, um, they all have uh, a pencil. Uh, I use these sticky note charts I mentioned in my first hour. I use them all around the room. We move from our chairs. We never stay in our chair longer than five or six minutes. We are either on the floor up here learning something, in front of this chart, in front of that chart, a circle around the piano, two circles, uh, on our back, learning how to breathe, you know, put our hands on our stomach, you know, we are moving. That takes care of discipline, just about 100%. I, we just don't have discipline problems at all. Because if they're not with me, I mean, they are, they're locked. So we do this. They don't have time to kind of sit there and sleep or look at something else because then we're moving over here or then we're over here. So that, that moving around helps a lot. We have a big room, and so that's very nice. Look back, and I know you have many, many games, but one that we I like to use, if you'll turn a couple of pages, is Know Your Friends, especially for those children who are new in the church who are coming for the first time and they're not really sure they want to be in choir. There's this little group who's been in choir since they could walk. Mm -hmm. And so it this just is an icebreaker. It's really helpful. And this usually takes two or three weeks. We do a little bit at the beginning, or for early birds. Put it in your folder, kids. It's time to start choir. We'll start. We'll work on that next week. The kids who were late saw this, and they want to be there on time or a little early next week. So I use this as a starter at the beginning of the year, or something like this. I'll make up something like this to use. So I do that a lot. Um, whatever uh, the communication with your children's choir coordinator, your pastor, your minister of music about what part your children's choir can play in the church year. Do you want to sing, be part of Palm Sunday? Do you want to be part of 
uh, the Christmas Advent services? How, where do you want to function? <coughs> do you want to do a meal this year? How does that fit into the scheduling? So find your spot and speak up because children's choir will be overlooked. They'll be overlooked. So. Um, lesson plan. Uh, oh, I teach repertoire by the semester. I start even in August or September when we first start on Christmas music because mm -hmm. I can't get it learned. I cannot get it learned between Thanksgiving. I have two Sundays or something, or one Sunday. So I just started in September and say, what do y'all think about this? We're singing about baby Jesus in September. And it's just, it's just something we have to do. So. <laughs> um, lesson plan, as I mentioned, I teach in very short segments, and I'll have a sample of that in the next session. Hymn study. One of the things I've learned over the years that helps with him is to have a visual so I make hymn charts for each hymn, and I hope you all can see. And what we do is we start off with the hymn book, always. First two or three times, and then we'll put away the hymn book, or I'll say, leave it in your chair. I have this on a, I clip it to a, a black music stand. So y'all come over here and sit on the floor. And so I say, can you sing this without your hymn book? And you, you all know this, but I'm sure you do. I sing the mighty power and sing. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. using their hymn book. Mm -hmm. So then I'll say, all right, we're going to do that again and memorize as quickly as you can. And then I turn it over, well, it, which is usually blank. I just have to have it in reverse. Usually it's blank, and, I, and they're sitting on the floor, and I say, now can you sing this for memory? So I, I intentionally work on memorizing the hymns. And this works beautifully. Those kids that need a visual, which I do, I'm one of those learners, it just works great. So in the summer, I just mark this off. I, Hymns are divided in eight sections. I take a few <coughs> pictures on my computer, you know, and the main thing is to change it up and kind of make it interesting and give them some sort of visual. This is another one that I need to copy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the kids respond well to that. It works, and it's something that I have. I have many, many, many of these charms. <coughs> so it's just another way to help them memorize. Another way to help them memorize is... Um, kind of getting off to another session, but I'll, how does it work? I don't know. I'll say, okay, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to direct it this way. I'm going to see if you can sing that from memory. I don't know. They think there's sort of some secret for me turning around and not looking at it. <laughs> but they go, okay, now we're going to sing. And I'm going to say, you know, I've got eyes in the back of my head, as all teachers do. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching, but let's see if you can do that from memory. And I don't know why it works. But it's just one of those things. <laughs> I have our accompanist who's wonderful. We'll hear them before class or after okay. class, or I will. Okay. We used to do it, three or four kids would stand on this side of the room, and that's just not fair because they need to do it, they need to memorize that hymn. We've already shortened it to the first verse. We used to have several verses, but we still have time to teach it. 
They didn't know the hymn, and they do have to do it perfectly. They have to get every word. They kind of fudge on the note because they're not a strong singer. That's okay. But if they got the words, they get to hear. But if they don't, I say, you know what? You are so close. Let me hear it next week. I do not. I don't get the speaker. So, any ideas on him, memory? Y'all would like to add? Do you all have him? Do you all memorize him? Um, I have a super singer of the week, and every year I just go to the teacher store, find some sort of little award, and at the end of every class, I fill in their name and the date, Carol Choir, and every class, all year long, somebody gets to take one of these home, and of course, I keep a record of that, and of course, every child's going to get one before the end of the year. And some may get more than one, but every child will get a super senior of the week. So they leave class and they take that home and put it on the wall. Um, I pick a singer every week. I have a, a brown sack, just a lunch sack, on the piano with every child's name on a card. And I ask another child to come up, pick a card, take it out. I call the child's name to the front that the card is picked. And then I ask this child four or five questions. Um, can you brothers and sisters? Pets, that's a big one, what's your pet's name? Four or five uh, questions. That child sits down, and then I ask the choir, who can tell me the name of John's pet? What's the name of not John's dog? So I have the choir tell me back what they heard, so that they really do learn uh, that someone knew, learn something new about that person. So I have that each week. So the idea of all of this, as you know, is to spotlight each child as often as you can, making that child feel special, like it's a safe, wonderful, happy environment to come to learn about, you know, our, our church and God and Jesus and all the things we teach. So that's, that's the idea. Parties and mission opportunities. One of our parties last year, very successful, was we had a rehearsal with the adults on Saturday morning. After that rehearsal... We went down into our fellowship hall, had uh, our short rehearsal for our part of the program, had pizza, and then they all had brought something for the homeless, I believe. So whether it was socks or toothbrush, or what, they all brought something, and so we had all these 40 or 50 bags on the table. They all went around, filled bags. They didn't bring that many items, but we just put whatever items at random in whatever sack. Cynthia sat so, so that they did have a mission project at church. It was easy to do, and it was a, kind of a, a, what Christmas is all about. So um, that was part of our, our Christmas. Sack and Sings are when we get together on Sundays from noon until 2.30. Used to, they would bring a sack lunch. Now they bring $3 and we order pizza or something because parents don't make sack lunches. But, it, so, but we still call it Sack and Sing. Um, or if we have it on a Friday afternoon, it's stack and sing, and we'll also have pizza or something. But if this is like a rehearsal for uh, the musical or something on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday morning, so those are just some terms I use for that. If you're doing a musical, you'll have to think way ahead for costumes, choreography, staging lights, advertisement, and T-shirts. And how many of you do musicals? It's a huge, huge, I mean, you got to be being, I mean, it. it's huge. I mean, it's just... A huge thing. So the earlier you can get organized on that, the better. Um, we had a field trip um, last year to one of the ballparks to see the National Anthem. That was a great outing. Parents got 
tickets at reduced prices. Um, it was uh, something that we've enjoyed doing. It's something other than a nursing home, which the kids do often. Um, one of the things, I, I, I think we lose our sixth graders, I don't know about you all, but the oldest, oldest children in your choir, I tend to lose them more easily than the other ones. They're all get involved in upper level activities. So we'll start out with a lot of sixth graders, but somehow we begin to lose them early on. So last year, we decided, why don't we have a sixth grade breakfast and ask them to be um, role models for the rest of I mean, really talk about being a role model. Give them something to work in. So we had a breakfast on a Sunday morning between our two services, very short, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So we had a prayer time, and we had all these, about 12 or so, graders, maybe 14, and all, almost all of them came, and we talked about their role in choir and what we're going to be doing, and we had and we prayed, and we talked about responsibilities, and we made up a handbook. It was very easy to make up with their names on the back, and um, we put kind of a leadership schedule, and, and what we did is we, uh, in October, we put two, two names by each Wednesday day. And each Wednesday before, I put on the board, okay, Griffin, you and Lydia are our leaders next week. So what they would do is come early and help pass out folders, which didn't need to be passed out, but they would just kind of greet. They just, anything to make them feel special. And this takes upkeep. It takes work because you have to always be looking ahead. You know, I always have to be the name on the board. So if the child's not there, you've got to get somebody else. So it's kind of a pain. But... I don't know, involving those sixth graders uh, is, is tricky. Tell me what has worked for you all with your upper age kids. Or do you find it a problem that they're the first ones to leave the program? You do? I mean, do you think that's, how, how, how do you deal with that? Our children's class just goes to fourth grade, and then in fifth grade, they move into kind of a middle school. Okay. Uh-huh. So you're six, fifth and sixth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they just—they right. feel too old to be with the little kids. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And it's, it's kind of a sign of the times, is it not? I mean, I had a parent who said, "Well, Miss Harlow, um, you know, I've signed my daughter a choir, but we're going to have uh, Girl Scouts every other Wednesday, so we're just going to come every other week." Mm-hmm. And I just—it was really difficult to have a conversation up and say, "Okay, your child's probably not going to like choir because she's not going to have a group of friends that she sees every week." She's going to feel left yet. She's not going to know what we're doing. I teach full out for an hour. She's going to miss all of that. And so as best I could, share it. And, of course, her child, you know, by spring dropped out. So it, it, they're just so overcommitted. And the parent, uh, so it's a problem. So, uh, My sixth grader became the um, helper for the preschool, the kindergarten, preschool, kindergarten, first grade choir. And the boy, and it, um, it worked out really well because behavior wise, because he was actually my own son. Yes. Um, and thought he was too old to be in you know, the celebration choir. But he transitioned into the praise maker choir as a um, helper, and he directed the instruments and, and having a boy role model in that situation. He gave him a job. Absolutely. Which is what we kind of try to do with this, mm-hmm. this situation is give them a job and do something special for them. Mm-hmm. Take your picture, you know, put it up on the bulletin board, something. 
So uh, that's kind of ongoing. Um, parties, we try to have parties and mission opportunities. Um, uh, end of the year celebration with families. Uh, Beverly does a great job in organizing that and having our parents come and have some sort of meal and have our end of the year program and they get their hymn books and for hymn memory and our musical and all of that kind of happens at the end of the year. We've combined that to have the little children having their end of the year songs and then the fourth to sixth do their musical so that we'll have an audience for the musical so that the younger children can see what's coming, why I want to stay in choir, one of the reasons to sing you know, to what we can play the musical. So that has worked well, and we do plan on that. Um, dismissal, uh, usually I like to have a, a child open, a sixth grader open with prayer. I think that's on my list here. No, but I do have one of our leaders, that's one of their jobs, is to open with prayer if they would like to, and or close with prayer. And stand over and help take up folders and all that. So I, I do dismiss with that and talk to them about next week and what's going on and how our, what, our, what we're heading toward. Um, on the board when they come in, I have our uh, kind of a lesson plan. It's not the lesson plan, but it's the order of music. So they can put their music in order or uh, in a box I'll have, we're singing at so-and-so or Sunday be here at 9 o'clock. I have some information for them on the board. Uh, then we communicate through email to the parents, and as I said, the calendar helps that a lot. Uh, so give me your thoughts, give me your ideas on, on classroom management and organizing. I'll share, I'll share our scrapbook. We have a scrapbook that one of our moms puts together. And <laughs> somebody's going, oh my gosh. Listen, I'm just lucky right now. This mom, it's like, it's gold. And I know that. And I just love her. She's also a good friend. She put, I, I mean, I have a scrapbook in two years. If I don't have a scrapbook lady, but she's put together a Carol Potter scrapbook. So she likes to do this kind of thing. She's, she, did, she said, tell everybody I didn't get this last year's ready. So this is from two years ago. And I said, well, all right, it's no problem. <laughs> but anyway, I'll just show you a little bit. Of, and so I leave this out so that the kids can see it and the parents can see it. And anything that we go to, you know, we try to, you know. So it's our beginning of the year swim party. So, so where do you, what do you do? You leave it out so they can look at it before class? Yes, after. before class. Um, and it's good incentive for the new ones because that's right. they see what was done in the past and they think, oh, this is going to be so that's much right. fun. I want to be here right. all the time. And you know, one of your mothers or dads maybe doesn't like to come to choir, and that's not their thing, and, and, and have hands on with the kids, but they look. You've got, you know scrapbooks. They're all over the place. <laughs> See if they just might, that might be their gift to the church this year, do a scrapbook for your choir. That's neat. That is neat. So anyway, it turned out. It's real cute. That's our baseball game. Um, See, and I just thought of something else I wanted to share with you. Um, something that I've overlooked. I just had it on my mind. Maybe I'll think of it in a minute. Anyway, that's um, that's something we can leave out and hope it. Oh, I know what it was. 
um, in October every year because the kids will go home and the parents say, what did you do in choir? Well, nothing. Look <laughs> 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 at my lesson plan, kids. Do you not? <laughs> so, and it's that way every time. I don't know. We just, Mom, we just sing. I don't know. We just, you know. What you learn? Well, I, so I make a special effort to invite the parents in October just long enough for me to have had the kids about six weeks and they know the routine. They know what standing circle means. They know what's on the floor. They know the charts. They kind of get the hymn. They kind of got stuff going. So I have, um, I invite the parents and we have cake or cookies and about a third of my parents are teaching the other children's choirs. So um, our choir coordinator will get that covered so those parents can come and attend. It's really important for everyone to come and see what their children are doing so that they realize, oh, so the first 15 minutes you're Okay, I better get them fed before. Okay, a little bit earlier, because they they come in late all the time. Well, you know, we had to stop, and you know. But, so when they realize how tight the schedule is and how much is going on in choir, maybe they'll make a better effort to get them there. And just plus, see what we do, and it's a happy time, and the kids enjoy it when they get there. I don't want to go to choir, and when they get there, they love being there. So the parents need to be informed. So. Um, we just get that on our calendar early, and we, we advertise that early, and we hope they'll come, and I try to run a really tight program and save time for cake and visiting and, and make it a social time. Do you have snacks every week, or no. you do not? No, I, I would, but um, why don't we have snacks, Barry? Do we not need them? I guess not. <laughs> do we have snacks? They have snacks in handbells, because they go from handbells to choir. A lot of ours come straight from school. They're starving. Yeah. So I think it's a great. What time is your choir? Right at three three thirty. Yeah. And they're three thirty, and they're hungry. Yeah. So we that's what we do: sign them in, have a snack, and then we do games, and then we go. Upstairs. Well, see, that's another reason to come in choir and get a snack. But they know they're ready. <laughs> All right. Yes. I was going to share since since Maria, Please do. since Maria didn't speak up about what she does with that. That little preteen group, I'll, I'll tell on her. We've got uh, Miss Maria Mullins over here, and she does our older children. And we've got a passel of that kind of preteen, I'm too cool, I want to be a teenager, but I'm not there yet group. And uh, to keep. Yes, I know them so well. <laughs> to keep the connection over the summer, um, she's doing a weekly, they're, they're calling it the Girls Club. And, and they're baking for our market days that we have, mm. or they're having pedicures, or they're oh. hanging out. And they sneak in music while they're at it. Oh. <laughs> and that way, you know, hopefully, the, the, the hope is that when school starts and it's time to decide what you're going to be doing with your time, they're going to stay with her because they're, they've got that little oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep looking at you out that one. That's a great idea. So, I mean, it just so happens it's, it's all girls in an age group right now. I don't think the boys would go for the petty right. <laughs> <laughs> But they're, they're getting That's their true. little community built. So, once again, it's that have a little music thrown during the summer. Well, it's good for recruiting too because we're inviting She's bringing friends, girls who don't bring friends in the ten to twelve age range. Right, right. So yeah, it's a fun way to introduce them to the group. And by the way, we get together. And all of this, you know, is is not about the music, but it is all in place to assist the music, mm -hmm. to make it possible for you to make beautiful music. 
if your classroom is organized and the chairs are lined up in a straight order, or however you do it, and the kids, and you start on time, then it's respectful to the children and their time. And they don't know that in words, but they know how that feels. And I think that's just really important to organizing, to have it ready to go for your kids when they get there. Um, any, anybody else like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Yes. Um, the last two years, we've done an end of year weekend trip with some um, weekend. Year before last, we went to Baton Rouge. And we sang um, for assisted living. And then we had a fun afternoon that we sang in a church at Sunday and came home. Last, this past uh, June, we went to Corpus Christi. And they were already asking where we going. Now, went. what age is this? 36. <coughs> That's amazing. And they're That's already great. asking where we're going next. So do you spend a night? Yeah. Okay. We leave on Friday afternoon and come back on Sunday. Okay, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly, what do you think? <laughs> think we're going to be right? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's pretty brave. It is. That's pretty. Do you have a, do you have a bus or a We have two um, large vans. Uh -huh. That's great. Right. We stay at the Embassy Suites because um, they serve a, a cooked breakfast that's included with right. the meal, and uh, you can see five children, and all the doors only open up to the inside. Right. That's so. where we stay at our tours. And the MC suites are very good about their accommodations. And I have many years for you if you need that. I also have a scripture uh, reader, or if we're, you know, if we're learning a scripture that month, I try to have someone that will read the scripture, or who's got it memorized, or raise your hand if you've got it memorized, or this side stand, you know, let's see if we can get that memorized. Or um, put them, or I'll put the kids in groups, uh, three circles, give them the Bible verse, or the hymn. Whatever, and I'll say, okay, <clears throat> when your group has done it, learn, stand. So you got three minutes. And so they work, uh, okay, we got it, we got it, we got it. And so maybe they don't all have it, but maybe most of them do. And certainly, two thirds of them are better than they were when they started. So any little trick for memory work, because you know, once a week, that retention is not great. Yes? We had a very young group, like three to six, or four to six. And, um, this part about early activities, you know, usually they will come early and then they will be playing yes. while they're going to be in the room. Yes. And it's very hard to pull them, you know, to pull them back to the group to start the. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. I tend to do more written work or, or things like that. If we have an instrument, instrument part, I'll have that out and we'll learn that. But that, what that does is it means I have to be teaching that. So I can't greet my other kids. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to start teaching 50 minutes ahead because I don't have everybody there that needs to hear that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not great personally about letting them have instruments before choir. I just feel like they've got weapons right there ready to use. <laughs> and if I'm not, you know, on top of them, you know, I just, so I, tend to do the instruments more than the class, but I do try to have something. Or I have two little boys, a situation that was just, uh, you know, it was mixed families and not a good situation for one of the little boys, and their parents dropped them every week an hour early, one hour early, every week. And the mother of one of them was fine, but she, the other little boy, she just did not want anything to do with it. So it's, 
and she made him come. They made him, she made him come together. It was, it was just not a good situation. So Laurie and I decided, one of the choir workers, that this was a, could be a ministry for us. And so every week I had a job for Joey Keith, and it was. I would wait and not put, I would say, you know, instead of the kids picking up hymn books this time, if you guys will go put out the hymn books for me. And so I, and I was always there an hour early. So I just saved tasks like that for these little boys. And they came, they've come for two years, or three, two or three years, you know, they come every week, and maybe toward the end of the year, they don't always come to the worship services because they're at a different house or something like that. But um, I, we just decided we were gonna to try to find something for these boys and love the little boys. And I, I do, I, they were great kids, they were great kids, so, yes. We had table activities, uh, music bingo, word yes. searches yes. with uh, music terms and things like that. Uh, at three, depending on the size of your three or four different tables, and we had a theme last year uh, of a series of music that we didn't necessarily use the whole theme, but there was a song in called Passport to Adventure. And when it was time for those activities to close out, I and a, a companist would start singing, "Come on, everybody, let's go." And when they start, I mean, it would take two notes before when they started hearing us sing right. that, they would clear their table and come over to their seats. Right. And so we didn't. We never used the whole series or the whole song, but that first part of that song became our let's gather, gather, gather that's your gathering our gathering song. Yes, and it worked out really great. Mm-hmm. But they learned the song and they were singing it as they cleaned up, and it was a real smooth transition that's from great. the table yeah. activities. To and this was the free. Singing. This was this is second grade. grade. This is early bird activities. Yes, early bird yeah. activities. I know in our younger choirs we moved the children from singing to table activities. There's three or four rotations. Right. I feel like I, I don't do that during carol choir because we sing so many so much in the services that we don't have as much time for table activities. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great mm-hmm. you know, to have those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another thing that has worked well is to have a bag. I haven't done this in a couple of years. I've done this years before and it works great. A bag, everything in it is musical. A book, a, a CD, hymns, a stuffed animal, a lot of things, games, and this bag goes home with a different child every week. And the child gets to take care of it and play with it and whatever's in there, and then bring it back the next week. Do y'all do that? <laughs> and and it um, and you know I, I just go to a, a music resource place somewhere and I would get items for this. Maybe a book that has a keyboard that plays songs. You know you know those books. And just fill the bag. And I'll tell you what, it is a great. And I worked that just through the list alphabetically. And each week, now the child that takes it home has got to be there the next week to bring that bag back. But it is uh, highly sought after that bag, and they can't sometimes don't even realize I'm going down the list alphabetically. Yeah, you know, they don't even realize that. It might be my turn. Good. You were talking about how you have their names. You pull them out and ask questions about them. Yes. Yes. I mean, we could we could do that. A, a multiple ways, but um, that's a good one. I've kind of actually forgotten about that. I did that years ago. I need to kind of put that back in place. Yeah, would someone else have something to share? I love hearing your ideas. That's all I have on this session. Thank you for being here. Yes, ma'am. Pardon? Wednesday at uh, 5.30. Does that conflict with any of the other Wednesday activities? Uh, well,
child, they have handbells at 4.30, choir at 5.30, and admissions at 6.30. So, no. Yes. So, admissions, well, now we used to have it, which I liked better, but it just doesn't work as well now with our busy children at 4.30, 5.30, it was a full hour. And then at 5.30, they stop and go have supper downstairs. Then mm -hmm. at 6.30, they go to missions. It was great. But now that we're backed up to missions, we have to stop a little bit early, and the kids that have handbells don't really get to eat. So and that's why Beverly has a little snack for them. And they, they don't, it just doesn't work as well, because they may or they may not eat, or they may go eat and be late to choir. That's why, that's why I don't think it works as well, that they might be late to choir. So. So how do you do your gathering activity or whatever you're doing? Is it, is it warm like up? Five minutes? You mean like no, a, I mean like early, early bird kind of? Yeah. Uh, Just how long? Ten minutes, like uh, ahead of choir. And then right at 5.30, I sing, ooh, and everybody's in place, and I've got a couple running in, getting their folder, and getting over to place. And right at 5.30. I start immediately, on time. And we warm up, and they're stretching, and, and may, mostly that really and truly, I mean, Kids don't need to stretch like we do, but it's to focus. Mm -hmm. can look at me, start, okay, all this outside activity, you know, go away, start focusing here. Where's, who is the choir director, you know? <laughs> Find out where I am in the room, you know, eye contact. So I kind of get that started. That's kind of what I do that first five minutes. And then I move right into hymns because I do that. It's just my routine, what I like to do. And I should try something different with hymns this time. Instead of a hymn of the month, we will do that, but I'm going to start off with four hymns, all of hymns for all fall. And I'll have them on four different charts around the room. And I will just move the kids from him. And maybe not, I won't this time do all four hymns at the same time, but we'll touch on those hymns throughout that hour because what do you do with that December hymn when you only have one rehearsal yeah. or two? So they just kind of don't get that one learned, and I feel pressed and pushed because we have a program, you know, part of the edit, you know. So I'm going to teach all of those in September, and then as I get them learned, and, and we'll go over them all fall. There's no reason to, to not. We'll just keep seeing those all fall, and then I'll do the same thing in January. Then we'll try to get finished in April, and we'll have our musical beginning in May, because we don't meet in May. So that's, I'm going to try that this year and see if I can. I, I, hymns are important. You know, hymn books are leaving the sanctuary fast, and they need to know how to look up hymns and read from left to right and read how to read verses and Index by first lines, and they just need to know all that. So I feel that's important. So I do always start off with a hymn book in their hands until we get to the point where we can use the charts. And then maybe the third week of that month, we don't use hymn books. But I certainly do the first two weeks, uh, two rehearsals. Thank you so much. Oh, I just love sharing ideas with you. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Center for Christian Music Studies at Baylor University. To learn more about the Alleluia Conference, visit us online at www.baylor.edu slash alleluia.